The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show. You, know, you can hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dominant start by him. The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Mahler Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. And welcome to another Sunday edition of the Paul Mahler Show. We've got a little shuffling going on again today. I'm Jack Morris in studio here at Target Field. Chris Atterbury in the radio booth out there at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. And Paul at his usual desk uh, at this time of day uh, in the manager's office in Kansas City. Paul and uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning. Hey, good morning. Paul, uh, another chance to win a series here today. You're sending uh, Father Time, Bartolo Colon, out to the mound. He's been good lately. Talk a little bit about uh, what's ahead today. Well, I'll tell you, it's been a uh, beautiful fall weekend here in Kansas City. Weather's been tremendous. The crowds have been good. We've played a couple of good games. And last night, uh, you know, we let one slip away late, which was a little bit disappointing. But, hey, we're up and at him today, and we got Bartolo going. He's, uh, he's been throwing the ball really well. We, we know this is a tough lineup to face, and we're just hoping some of that consistency shows up again today. And you're just looking to compete and have a chance to win, Jack. You know, you get down to the end, and, and uh, hopefully you're, you're in good position to close one out and, and win a very big series for us. Yeah, you're hanging in there. Uh, chance to win the series, like I said, today. Uh, let's go back to last night's game. Again, a pretty good outing by Jose Barrios. And then you uh, just absolutely spent three starter or three relievers with one pitch apiece. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think after about the seventeenth pitching change there in the eighth, I, I said to the umpire, "I said, welcome to September baseball." And uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where you know we, we we had it mapped out the best way that we thought we could to get through, uh, hopefully the eighth as well as the ninth, and. We didn't get very far with that planning as things kind of disintegrated. Uh, the matchups that we had hoped for that would be beneficial for us just didn't happen. You know, some of it's their ability to uh, go up there and compete and have an idea what we're going to try to do, and, and, and they won some of those battles. But, uh, yeah, it, w- it was tough, uh, you know, having a 2-1 re- lead with nine outs to go, and, and Gordon hits the home run, and then our bullpen, you know, had trouble stopping them there at the end. You know, Paul, I don't want to dwell too much just on last night because it's been a full week with a lot to cover. But uh, I thought for Barrios, early on, man, he really weathered a storm, and he was not at his sharpest. What did you see as maybe a turning point for him? And then when you look at this from kind of a broader view, Mm -hmm. is this one of those games where you can look back and say, here's where a young guy maybe learned something pitching in a big game against a veteran team that he can carry forward with him? Well, I think Jose's learning things all the time. Uh, you know, much ado has been made about his road starts compared to home starts and all those things. And, you know, I don't buy very heavily into those type of theories. I, I, I do think that somewhat uh, it can creep in somewhat psychologically for young players. But, you know, to overcome some of that last night, especially a little bit of a rough start there in the second inning with, with you know, them getting a few hits and base runners and, and him being able to uh, get that double play ball, I, I just thought he got better as the game went on. I mean, we went at, we went on to lose that game, and he started it, and I get all that. But I couldn't have asked for a better seven innings out of him and, and the night that he gave us and a chance to win. Paul, uh, how much of, of divisional play do you kind of throw into this whole conversation with a young pitcher like Barrios where 
you know, you play your own division so many games and uh, maybe a little bit tougher in today's generation than some of the generations in the past when you have to face the same lineup over and over. I, I think it is tough, Jack. Uh, uh, I would think that, you know, being fortunate enough to play the game, that, you know, the more I faced a guy generally, it was helpful to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, to figure out, you know, when he got me out and wh- what he had and what to expect in certain situations. The guys that were the toughest were the ones that had, a, you know, a pretty varied arsenal, and, and they would be, you know, they change it up from game to game. I always say Mike Messina was one of the toughest guys for me to face. Because I'd face him one week, and he'd throw me cutters and curveballs, and then I'd get two seamers and change-ups. You know, I just didn't know what he was going to throw. But there's no question, you know, you're playing 76 games against your division, and you're facing these clubs 19 times apiece. Uh, as the bats accumulate, you know, it's, it becomes a little bit of a thinking man's game as well as being uh, able to execute. It's kind of like a combination. All righty, well, we're going to have to take our first break. Uh, this is the Paul Mahler Show. Paul and uh, Chris Atterbury in Kansas City will be right back here on the Twins Radio Network. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. And welcome back to the Paul Mahler Show. Paul, the uh, question I have for you right now is uh, when we're not talking Twins baseball, we're obviously in touch with what's going on in the world. And the big news as we speak right now is the uh, effects of Hurricane Irma down in Florida. And I know there's a lot of Twins personnel that have uh, direct uh, uh, relations with what's going on down there, the spring training facility and a lot of players with homes. What uh, What's your take of uh, the conversations you're hearing? Well, you know, it it is very difficult, Jack. Uh, you know, we, we had to endure what happened in, in Texas and Louisiana a few weeks back, and, you know, that kind of gets on the back page here, and we know that there's a lot of recovery there still ongoing. And then we're, uh, we're slapped with, with this particular Hurricane Irma down there right now. Uh, you know, our connections are, are, are widespread. We have people with homes there. We have people with family down there, whether it's in – Fort Myers or Naples or up into Tampa. Uh, and we're just, you know, trying to do the best we can to let guys know that um, if we can support that in any way, we'll, we will do that. James Rousen had to go take care of his family as well as his, his uh, parents down in the Tampa area. Uh, Jeff Smith's wife is a principal at a school down there, and, and her school is one of the larger evac centers down there in the Naples area. And, uh, yeah, so we're, we're, you know, we're concerned. It's, we're monitoring it today and, and see what unfolds. We know that our facility is kind of in harm's way. We've got a lot of people down in Fort Myers. So uh, we're just praying for the best. It, it's one of those things you can't control, and, and hopefully everybody gets through the day safely. Yeah, and, you know, Paul, it's remarkable how many people, I'd say almost the lion's share of the, the, the group that's here are impacted. And i got to just compliment your staff in particular with the ability to focus on all of that, which is so immense, and also the work that's required to come out and play these baseball games and be prepared for these baseball games because that hasn't lapsed a bit, even while so many of your coaches, staff members are dealing with really the really unspeakable stuff to have to deal with. You know, we ask players uh, – throughout the year to uh, you know be out here and try to be as focused as we can we know that there's personal lives there's things that are ongoing all the time uh, separate from the baseball field but this one's uh, a little bit tougher than normal and that you know when you're when your thoughts are with loved ones and people that are you know you're uncertain of what what's going on minute to minute hour to hour it, it's just tough to go out there we're asking them the best they can to try to you know give us everything they have when that first pitch is thrown and uh 
you know, like I said, we're just we're just praying for good outcomes on the backside of that. Well, sometimes, Paul, I think uh, baseball can be uh, uh, an, an avenue that uh, brings people back together. I know baseball in general, Major League Baseball, has had to shuffle games around, not only in Houston but Tampa and New sure. York and, and things like that because of the way the scheduling came. But uh, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully, first of all, no lives are lost, that uh, everybody in the Twins family stays healthy, and uh, more importantly, that uh, somehow they're able to uh, get through this because uh, it kind of shows us the, uh, yeah. the fact that Mother Nature can uh, yeah. have tremendous power. No, there's no doubt about that, Jack, and, and, and you're right. We are, we are hoping that these games, uh, they're fun, they're exciting, but they're kind of put in their proper place when we're dealing with these things. We're just hoping that we can go out there and give a good effort, knowing that some of these guys got a lot of things weighing heavily on their minds. Yeah, and speaking of the games, uh, we came from Tampa, where obviously the people there had a lot on, on their mind, and we come here to Kansas City. And, Paul, you can't say enough about the environment here uh, in, in Kansas City, not just the fans, but the ball games here have all been incredibly tight. You know, every out has mattered. A little plays like Byron holding Hosmer to a single the other night in center field and then getting a double play. Uh, it, it has really been a different style of baseball, uh, kind of a tight-to-the-vest style of baseball. Is that exciting for you in the manager's chair, knowing uh, that you're going to be heavily involved in, sure. in, in every single step of the way? Well, the games are fun. There's no question that you're right. Uh, every pitch, every out, they all count. I think from day one when people come into professional baseball, they are preached the importance of the little things. You know, I always have said that if you want to accomplish something really, really big, you got to think really, really small. And, you know, these guys are learning that. It, sometimes it takes some of these games and some of the little things that unfold that do make the difference in these close ball games. Uh, you know, they matter. So I, I think we're trying to pay attention to detail as best we can and uh, avoiding those small little hiccups that might have a big influence on the final score of a ball game. Stick around, folks. We'll be right back. Paul Molitor, Chris Atterbury in Kansas City. This uh, has been brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, where memories are made and legends are born. And uh, more to talk about, a lot more to talk about here on the Paul Molitor Show. Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. Paul, uh, before we went to break, Chris brought up a point that uh, kind of led to a question I have for you. Not really a question, but a response. Uh, It's got to be fun for you playing Kansas City right now uh, with a team that's behind you uh, fighting to try to stay alive and maybe get in the wild card themselves or a team that's been in the World Series a couple times here recently and uh, a very good ball club, not quite the same club now as they were uh, coming out of spring training this year when they seem to be in a, a real funk. But uh, you got to be so proud of your guys to be uh, playing at a level right now where I think they feel that they're as good as the team across the field and that they can beat them. Well, I, I do think that we've come a long way mentally in, in how we feel that we stack up, stack up against some of these teams. Uh, you know, it was similar in, in, in Tampa. You know, these clubs are uh, are still – feeling that they have a chance if they can put together a run here over the last three weeks. Uh, Tampa got us two out of three, but we salvaged that last game. And then coming here to Kansas City, we, we knew we know what these guys are about. And, and I think that your point about these guys being fairly recently removed from a couple of World Series, there's no quitting these dogs. And, they, and they're and they out there fighting the best way they can, trying to hold on to their, their chances of uh, – finding their way back in this thing. So our guys responded um, a couple of good games, especially the comeback the first night and 
uh, yeah, but but to come in here today and, and with Cologne out there having a chance to win three out of four in, in, in a large series would be huge for our confidence. Paul, you've had the same lineup uh, several days in a row now, which is crazy in and of itself based on the whole season. But Robbie Grossman's return, uh, he's, it's not like the broken thumb just heals and doesn't hurt anymore, and yet he has given you consistently quality at-bats from both sides of the plate. Is he back sooner even than maybe you thought, and what dimension does he add to your lineup right now? I think from the outset we thought that there was a chance he'd, he'd come back and be able to swing the bat before he'd be ready to throw a baseball, and that turned out to be the case. Uh, you know, just given where your hands are placed on the bat, we thought the left-handed swing would come first, and it did. Um, I was surprised when he went out to Rochester for a couple days and he came back with the reports that he was swinging right-handed more quickly than I, than I anticipated. But uh, he's given us a little bit of a boost uh, in that DH role. You know, he's hit a couple of homers. He's taken quality at-bats uh, throughout the last handful of games. And he's, it's just a nice, you know, experienced bat that you can put in there that, that helps balance you off from top to bottom. Speaking of injuries, Paul, uh, update on Miguel Sano. He hasn't been in the lineup for a while. The guys seem to have responded extremely well in his absence, but uh, certainly want, wondering uh, when he might be back. Well, I think the response of our group here through some adversity uh, throughout the last several weeks has been tremendous. Uh, you know, when Castro went down with his concussion and Miggy and, and Robbie, um, you know, Buck hurt, hurting his hand and missing a couple of games. We, we've had to, you know, put people out there. But I, I get excited when guys get an opportunity to play and step up. And for the most part, we've done that. Uh, Miguel had a, a decent day yesterday, uh, as far as being out on the field and moving around a little bit, taking a few grounders and some swings. And uh, I think more of the more of the same is planned for today. Um, it'll be good to see him on Tuesday and see where he's at. And Hopefully the progress continues and we can think about when we might try to uh, have an opportunity to see him get back into a ball game. I mean, talking about different people picking you up at different times, Trevor Hildenberger certainly has been one of those guys, Paul. He's rolled a, a handful of double plays on this road trip. And Corey brought up a stat during the game last night. Your pitching staff has struck out eight Royals and turned eight double plays against the Royals. It's a, a, a astonishing number when you think about it. Did you see this coming from Trevor Hildenberger, and what makes him so effective right now? Well, I, you know, we've known about Trevor for a few years and his climb through the minor leagues. Uh, I think when you watch him maybe on an outing or two, you're a little bit suspect because the velocity, you know, is, is down, especially when he's throwing that sidearm two-seamer. Um, he's added that over-the-top pitch, which I think has been a, a nice weapon for him. But last year, you know, he was on our radar as a potential guy to, to see late in the year, but he had had injuries that he had to deal with, so we, we let him get healthy, and he's come this year and, and worked his way up, and he's been effective all year long down there, and he got a chance. And, you know, from the beginning, we could see that he was a potential guy that not only could get righties and lefties out, but could get that ball on the ground when we needed it. He's pitched extremely well, and it's been a, a very, very valuable weapon for me to know that I have him out there. Paul, uh, in your playing days and my playing days, uh, I guess I consider myself a power pitcher. And yet I'm still, as I retired from ball and, and see the evolution of pitching and the high-velocity guys, I've become a real fan of the guys that can survive and, and, and be effective that are not hard throwers. They're more of the soft to tossers that can locate. And I just was curious about your uh your history with those kind of guys. Did you seem to have more trouble with guys that threw 
off-speed stuff and and would be able to move the ball up and down in the in the zone, or were you uh, more effective yeah. with uh, well, guys that threw hard? I think you're right, Jack. The game the game has evolved <clears throat> to more power oriented. The strikeouts play as they grow each and every year in terms of the percentage of at bats that end up in strikeouts. Uh, but yes, the guys that can be effective with command and, and get weak contact can really be valuable. Uh, you know, we've seen that with uh, Hildenberger this year. I think for myself, you know, not to get too long-winded on it, but when you're young, you're aggressive and you attack those pitches and you finally end up learning that you can see them a little bit longer and don't try to do too much and you get more comfortable with, with the fact that you're you don't have to worry about a guy throwing a ball by you as much as you have to worry about movement and the fact that he can change speeds and spin it and all those things, and you learn to hit the ball around the field. I think that's your best chance to have success against those type of pitchers. All right, good stuff. Paul Mulder in Kansas City with Chris Atterbury. This is our uh, break here we're going to take, and we'll be right back on the Paul Mulder Show. And welcome back. Uh, this is the Paul Mulder Show, uh, Kansas City Royals. Uh, Playing the Twins in Kansas City. Twins with a chance to win three out of four and come home to an off day. And, Paul, that's my question for you. Are off days more important this time of year than they are early in the season? I, I think they are, Jack. I mean, you know, when you're playing 162 games and roughly 182 days, that averages roughly to about three days a month. And it's a it's a grind. We all know that. That's part of the challenge of a major league season. But, you know, you get down to the end and you're playing – uh, you've been playing since, you know, mid-February. Uh, you know, these guys can use the physical and mental break from the, from the competition. So uh, we got a couple that are coming our way here, including Monday, and, and hopefully the guys take advantage and, and find a way to do something with their families or just get away from the game for a day and get the, get the mind off the game and hopefully come back refreshed. And hopefully we finish off this little stretch today and uh, be ready for the Padres on Tuesday. Yeah, Paul, speaking of staying fresh, all year long, you and your staff, a great job of keeping players fresh, mentally and physically. Now as the games dwindle in terms of how many opportunities you have, you've got a Sunday game, lefty on the mound, Vargas pitching a little differently than he did in his dominant first half. Uh, your thought process as you ink out the lineup today in terms of you know not only physical uh, readiness and freshness and understanding what's left on the schedule, but also the matchup. I, I think that, you know, the fact we've used the same lineup, I think, for the last five games is indicative of, of the fact that you start not being as concerned with getting everybody in there uh, somewhat frequently. You're, you're kind of going with your, your best guys each and every day. Uh, today with Vargas on the mound and the fact that I think we're going to face lefties in four of the f- next five days uh, could change that up a little bit, not so much to rest guys as much as, you know, try to give ourselves the best chance to win. So today... I have a little bit of a plan here mapped out this morning, but, you know, as the guys roll in, I've got to confirm with a few guys who's good. Right now my thought is that Joe's probably going to be in there as a DH today and Vargas will play first. And we'll maybe get Kep out of there and Castro out of there too today. But we'll uh, we'll check in with guys when they get to the park. Speaking of Jason uh, Vargas, uh, here's a guy that the Twins have had some troubles with at times. Uh, he's been very, very good. Uh, uh, the epitome of a guy that can spot the ball and change speeds. And yet there's been other times where the chin, uh, Twins have jumped all over him. Paul, is this a, an example of guys just having to bring this uh, pitches into the strike zone and be patient early? Well, I think that's correct, Jack. You know, I think these type of pitchers, and we all know Vargas had an incredible first half, is that his pitches all look enticing. They're, they're, they're not, you know, high-end velocity. You're going to see, you know, anywhere 84 to 88 from the fastball. Um, pitches that start in the zone and then you go think you're going to have a good swing and by the time you 
gets a contact point, it's dipped out of the zone. So, you know, he's one of those guys that can really flip counts on guys if you're if you're over-aggressive, and uh, he's really tough when you get behind. So it's just one of those things. You really have to see the ball a long time. You can't commit to a swing until you have a good idea that you've recognized it's not only the pitch type but where it's going to get to by the time you want to hit it. Last night, the bullpen, obviously not everybody was available. You'd use Belial three days in a row. Hildenberger's thrown a lot. Uh, that's going to be one of the key questions that, that you and Neil deal with on every every sure. single day from here on out. What does it look like today? I know those guys are, are probably clamoring to get into the ball game and tell you they're available. I would think that they would be after a day off. Uh, you know, we get we check in. The bullpen guys go out there collectively as a group every day, and they play their catch, and you kind of get a status report after that uh, transpires, and, and we'll see who's available. You know, it's, it's one of those things where last night uh, I knew that we were going to see some new faces, and in terms of the eighth and ninth inning, potentially. And, uh, you know, we just didn't get it done. I, I that, That's going to happen. So we turn the page, and, and we'll see who we have available today. Hopefully Cologne has another good outing, and we can find a way to navigate with the lead late in the ballgame. Is it kind of remarkable for you, Paul, to see uh, Bartolo go out there and pitch so deep so many times, knowing that your bullpen has kind of been, for a while anyway, a bullpen by committee? It's been uh, a big addition. You know, when he came over, I don't think anybody knew truly what we were going to get, but it's been better than expected. I think he's having a lot of fun throwing the baseball and playing with this group of guys, and we're looking forward to watching him go out there and, and try to do his thing again today. All right. Well, that's another edition of the Paul Mauler Show. We're here every Sunday morning. Sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.